0: Musicians are the shaman of our era, or at least we need to strive to be the shaman. We gotta keep that spiritual connection to that deep primal thing. And that's what I've always done in my music. Even if I'm playing drums for someone, I'm thinking about keeping that deep, fucking primal, raw, cathartic thing going. And when it's really good is when it all comes together.
1: Here we are. We're on the Weird Music Podcast with Mike Dillon. Mike, glad to have you here, man. I want to start this off. I see, you know, you've got this awesome music room you're in right now. And um, shit, Mike, you know, looking back, stepping in a time machine. Take me through that moment when you decided to go all in in music and kind of what your thought process was like way back when.
0: I've been playing since I was 10 years old.
1: And for a
0: couple of years, I was really into drums, taking drum lessons. I love John Bonham. This was like 1975, 76. You know, buying Led Zeppelin records when they came out. I also loved Kiss. And then I got into skateboarding and sports for a while, for a couple of years. And then I got into Rush really heavily and uh like zappa and all the prog rock that was happening maybe like 1980 and i just became a rush freak and i got asked to play in a band in high school and i quit playing football and i just focused on music i you know i got the bug and that was probably like right after my sophomore year in high school and i just been going ever since i was like all right i'm gonna go to music school you know i even played in the houston new Symphony. i just that was when I was all in. So I've been all in since I was about 15, 16 years old.
1: No plan B. No
0: plan B, you know. I can remember people at school. I went to a private school in Houston. And they were like, well, you know, you're really good at math and physics. You should be like an engineer or something. I'm like, no, I want to be a musician. What if you don't make it? Nope, I'm going to be a musician, you know. You know the counselor types. They tell you, don't, don't, don't chase your dreams, kid. So, luckily, my mom was a school teacher. She, back when I was 10, got me drum lessons with a good teacher. And and we had school band, you know. And that was, I had a choice between sports or school band and band, you know. And I don't know if everyone still gets that choice. I, you know, I, I don't have kids. So, I don't know what's going on in schools today. I, I hear rumors, you know.
1: Yeah, they're they're cutting the funding to the arts yeah. departments. Um, definitely a unique situation to have been uh, propped up by, by people early on. Like, you know, so much of school is sit down, shut up, memorize this for the test. So we're in the school of rhythm right now with Mike Dillon, man. And, you know, thinking back to summer camp this past weekend, like it's insane how profound, like a euphoric experience – something as simple as rhythm can bring to people in the crowd. And I think it'd be cool to hear from you, you know, as someone like top percussionist, like, what do you think it is about, um, you know, rhythmic patterns that can be just so profound, uh, like psychologically to experience as a listener?
0: I mean, rhythm, you know, even before I played drums, I mean, being six years old, and seeing a drummer play for the first time. It's pure magic, okay? And now that I'm 55, I'll be 56 next month. The challenge for me is still just letting the music do what you just described. Let, letting the rhythm take you and um, not being cynical about the rhythm. I mean, the pulse is everywhere around us, you know, whether it's ch- the cicadas outside, making noise or the crickets chirping the way they chirp you know the birds singing rhythms everywhere you know whether it's a dj like just making big fat beats with bass that rocks your bowels or a drummer doing something mind-blowing you know that's what was is cool about summer camp to me you know or any music festival i go to i remember the first time i went to like a festival it's like i was with claypool and we were playing this place out in california it was mainly like a dubstep festival you know and i had never experienced one of those things and it was it's not really my wheelhouse but it was still the essence of it. it is it's all rhythm you know so being a percussionist i get to st- all this shit behind me i get to study rhythm and and and, and practice every day and stay in the rhythm, you know, cause there's 12 notes or whatever in an octave, but there's a gazillion rhythms. So it's all rhythm. You know, it's like this, that famous Dizzy Gillespie quote. Uh, he was playing, I don't know if I think he quoted it, but he's also told a few of my friends that played with him, including Johnny Vodakovich. He goes, you know, when I'm at home, I practice music theory and scales and all that stuff one on the gig, I play rhythm, you know, and that's a trumpet player. So to me, you know, one of the kings of black American music, he sums it up, you know? And I know like on that tour, it was a vibraphone trio, bass player and drums. I was just feeling like I was sucking really bad. And I heard that quote. I was like, yeah, just focus on the rhythm, you know? So I, I'm glad I play a melodic instrument that I, you get to play like a drum. You know, that's what the vibraphone is. It's a melodic instrument that you
1: play with mallets. So it's still drums. And you're doing, you're doing a lot of improv totally up there, right? Like I saw you with everyone orchestra and man, the whole thing's on the fly. Um, I'd love to hear your take. Like, What is your mental approach going into an improv format?
0: Well, it's always great to know and trust the musicians you play with. To me, improvised music demands trust. And then it also demands silence. A lot of people don't think about silence. Like a lot of people think improvised music, that means just play a lot of notes and go crazy. Sure, if it's appropriate, but my favorite improvising musicians that I play with, like James Singleton down in New Orleans or Steven Bernstein in New York City or Matt Chamberlain, great drummer from Critters Buggin, you know, or Brian Haas, who's on tour with me, you know, they're not afraid to just shut up. So to me, if you shut up and listen, then you can hear what the other musicians are doing and make a choice. And back to studying, you know, when I went to music school, that was the first thing my percussion teacher told me. He was like, a good percussionist stays out of the way of the drummer and the rest of the rhythm section. It's your job To find to be the chair, you know, the cherry on the cake, the icing on the cake, you know. So as a percussionist, I was taught not to play all the time. So to me, that's like, and then of course you just got to have the ears, you know. That everyone orchestra was really fun because I thought we were all listening to each other really well that day, and um, that and I know it's going good. Improvised gigs, any gig in general, when they haul ass. When all of a sudden you're like, what? We've been playing for two hours? felt like 30 minutes. You know it's a good one. But if it's work, it's like, ah, how much longer? Luckily, I don't have that going in music. But, you know, I remember working day jobs. And you're just looking at the clock going, ah, when is this shift over? You know. Fuck. So I'm so grateful to play music.
1: Fuck. I'm so grateful (laughs) for music. Shit you mentioned you know at times it's it's cool to play a lot of notes um tension and release as something that's like an element or like a weapon of a musician like is that something that that you consciously incorporate
0: Yeah, had a music teacher say once you know you're either at home or going to the store you know and everything else is just, just- Passing chords is just the chip between the one chord or the five chord. So I love tension and release. You know I think some bands, especially say in the jam band scene, that's the whole deal, just to solo and solo and build the tension however they feels necessary. and then when it hits that climax, say they're on you know, they just been jamming on the one chord. And then all of a sudden they go to the four-chord, everyone's like, oh my God, they went to the four-chord. You know, um, a uh, snobby musician could be like, oh boy, they went to the four-chord, woo-hoo. Or another musician could be like, no, man, they're just building the tension on the one-chord until they broke off to the four. You know, but you're right, tension and release is a beautiful thing. And to me that falls underneath dynamics. I mean, that's, that's the other thing with improvised music is dynamics. You know, laying out creates a dynamic, but you can also play real quiet and real sparse. Or you can take your signature and just go nuts. You know, I like to incorporate, like when I'm playing drums, punk rock into improvisation. I should say hardcore, because punk rock can be like pop punk rock. But when I say punk rock, I'm thinking really like the hardcore bands that I heard when I was young. Bad Brains being my favorite all-time hardcore band. The shit had so much energy. It just happened to be that. But, you know, you can... When I saw Art Blakey and Tony Williams play, they had just as much energy as Bad Brains. And I saw all those people when I was 21. So, yeah, tension and release. You know, like, another way to do tension is to play a lot of dissonance. And then all of a sudden go into a beautiful chord progression that you're just like, oh, where did that come from? So there's a lot of ways to create tension within music. Volume, dynamics, chord choices, sitting on one chord for a long time, you know? And it's not just with like say a a jam band doing it. I mean, Steve Reich and minimalist music, you know, I love sitting on one chord and just building it. Indie rock bands do it too. It's all over the place.
1: So talking about music festivals, like summer camp, you know, you've definitely been to a number of different kinds. Summer camp specifically, like, how would you describe how just like uniquely awesome summer camp is and just like the music festival experience?
0: My favorite thing about music festivals is when I see a band that I've never heard of. And that's because I'm just stumbling around like, maybe the first few summer camps I went to early 2000s when I was on tour with Les, you know, the bus wouldn't be leaving until say three or four in the morning. So after our set, we just have time just to walk around, go in the wood, you know, just, and and it wasn't as crowded as it is now, but you just walk into these stages and you discover some weird band, be like, whoa, and that's one thing I like about summer camp. They, they book all kinds of music. It's really, you know, there's all the jam bands, but there's a lot of electronic stuff. So to me, my advice is just to walk around and, 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 and take a chance and see something you don't know. Like, that's why I always love playing the campfire stage because it's sort of right in the center or I played with Iceman Special, the Soul Shine stage. You could tell there were people just walking by that had never heard of that that band or
1: some of the bigger stages, people got to know who you are and to fill up those areas. So talking more about summer camp, like 20 year anniversary. What do you think it is about summer camp? That's Let it have this sustained success. And you know, it's like why it's so great. Well, I think it correlates
0: with the rise of Humphreys McGee and and the long-term perseverance of Mo. I mean, and even like Keller, you know, these, the, the mainstay, I mean, I, you know, the folks had been playing it the whole way. And, you know, the fact that they'll book flame ellipse or they'll book Cypress Hill, you know, I mean, last time I, not this year, but the last year I played it, we my percussion ensemble, which was a 20 person percussion ensemble played right before Friggin's Guster. And then right before Cypress Hill, you know, so that's a pretty diff and then it went into Mo, you know, so I think, the fact that they stay true to the jam band ethic which is tour all the time play hard build your fan base Um, unfreeze and mo that's what they do and then they invite you know all kinds of bands they got Ween there they get primus they get some punk rock bands a lot of hip-hop tipper this year i mean this year i was sort of bummed because i gotta admit i didn't do my usual thing which is just like all right, I'm going to walk around the festival for a while. You know, with COVID, I was a little bit more like, all right, I've got a tour next week with this woman, Ricky Lee Jones, she's 65. I got to be careful. I don't, you know, I don't want to mess up the tour. So I didn't get to do that, you know. So there were a few bands I heard about that I wanted to go see. And of course, I wanted to see Wayne, you know. And normally at summer camp, I sit in with Moe, you know, and there's other bands. So I was glad we were able to do everyone orchestra. But the sit-ins, a few bands just were having the bubble this year. Like, they are like, all right, we got to be careful. We don't want anyone to get sick. So, but luckily, summer camp happened. I think all in all, after going a whole year without any big festivals, it seemed like everyone had a giant smile on their face. You know, like, I, I know I did and just watching some bands from the side stage and seeing a few of my friends showing up, whether it's when he came by or whatever. So yeah, you know, I think it's just the booking and and, and those guys' commitment. And then of course, you gotta admit, you know, Ian Goldberg and that whole crew, where they have that, that spot, it's really a great Midwest location, you know? It's right in the, close to Chicago. It's close to St. Louis you know it's close to ohio and minni you know the midwest people can come to it so and i wonder i was looking when i was driving through the festival to one of my sets and maybe you can answer this for me it seems like summer camp somehow reaches out to people beyond the jam band scene like like there's locals there there's people from the vicinity that maybe heard that, like, man, if you go to a fish show, you're going to have a hell of a good time, bro. And they're normally going to be, like, some young country shit or something. But they're all there with their shirts off, getting loaded and partying. Because it does seem like the word is out that it's a good party. And, you know, what? it seemed like this year the theme was na- like, every, every lady there was in a bikini. Was that, like, the unofficial theme of summer camp? It's, just a, it's a
1: trend. Is
0: that the new trend with the kids? I don't know. I'm 55.
1: Yeah, free the nipple. Like, free the nipple?
0: Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, I was just trying not to be the dirty old man, like, going, oh, why are all these kids in their uh, bikinis
1: are topless, you know? But, um, <laughs> you know. For people out there that fucking love going to Mike Dillon shows, that shit is therapeutic. Music is therapeutic. With yourself being in that role of being the musician, the one on stage, the kind of like the conduit of that experience. Like, does that role in society like come with a certain sense of meaning to you or or not really? Well, big time, I mean, musicians are the shaman of our era. That's why people
0: love, and, and I think, or at least we need to strive to be the shaman. We got to keep that spiritual connection to that deep primal thing. And that's what I've always done in my music. Even if I'm playing drums for someone, I'm thinking about keeping that deep, fucking primal, raw, cathartic thing going. And when it's really good is when it all comes together. You know, so I hope the young band, you know, there's young bands that are that are doing that it's not just all intellectual and not all like same set every night i mean that's the other thing about getting back to improvisation sometimes it's gonna suck if you're improvising you gotta afraid or sometimes it's gonna be so weird you're gonna run people off i've done it both you know i mean the fact that your your podcast is called weird music i love weird music i mean i think this that that should be a part of our goal so yes yes is the answer to your question <laughs>
1: <laughs> fuck yeah well hell yeah mike um you know cheers to fucking 20 years of summer camp uh any final words you know talking about summer camp like did you this, did you what did you watch the punkadelic set man i didn't unfortunately yeah. but you saw was, the every
0: talk just
1: I saw the Evan Orchestra set. So I was getting my ass roasted during the days.
0: No, um, oh, I know, yeah. We have that 4.30 to 5.30. A friend of mine calls the barbecue set. Mm. You know, like, we weren't facing the sun, but everyone in the crowd was getting barbecued. Scamp is nope. a,
1: it's not for the faint of heart. No, you gotta
0: be, put your sunscreen on and have your big floppy hat on. Yeah. But no, um, you know, take chance with take
1: chances with music. And cheers to summer camp. Hell yeah. Mike, I want to ask you one final question for anyone out there in their first, you know, five, 10 years of being a musician where they're in that no man's land kind of, of, of starting out on their musical path, but not necessarily, you know, being able to pay the bills with it. What advice do you have for anyone out there listening like that? Don't give up. You know, it,
0: you got to love it just like you loved it when you were in fifth grade or a junior in high school waiting to get out of school to go play drums and learn your favorite Neil Peart drum lick you know because believe me even at 55 there's sometimes with the business of music will make you forget your love of music and you just got to love it and and hustle I mean I think every musician I've known unless you're just the anointed one, when you're 10 years old, you got to work jobs. I've in between bands, I, you know, you got to hustle. Sometimes what the second you get off tour, you got to fucking like go do this job and this job and this job to make the end result work. But when you get to the the practice hall and you write a new song as a band, that feeling, or you, you know, I just got out of the studio wrote a couple songs this week when I got back from summer camp and tracked them and that feeling of hearing it and going, yeah, that's a good song. You know, that, that's what's important. So stay in love with the music and in love with creativity, practice hard, play hard.
1: Fuck. Yeah. Mike Dillon on the weird music podcast, Mike, where can everyone find you on, on, find your tour on Facebook, on Instagram. What's up, man?
0: Yeah. You know, I got my, um, website is MikeDillonVibes.com and on Instagram it's just now called Punkadelic P-U-N-K-A-D-E-L-I-C-K and The Mike Dylan Band on Facebook. So uh, yeah, we're going to oh. be out I'm trying to think what we got coming up. We got a festival called Mo Roots. We're playing late on outside of St. Louis on the 17th. And then we're doing Chicago at the Point on the 19th. You know, those are the last couple of shows I got. with. And then we're going down to Jazz Fest. Even though they canceled Jazz Fest, we're all going to do a bunch of cool late night shows still in that time frame. So come down to New Orleans in October. In the West Coast in, uh, in, right after Thanksgiving. Nikki Glaspie and Brian Haas and I will be hitting the West Coast. So speaking of drummers, yeah, that's why I was going to ask you. Nikki glaspie has been playing drums for me in Punkadelic and she is straight up fire. I love being a percussionist because I get to play with so many great drummers and, and, and rip them all off, <laughs> steal their tricks, you know, and it is energy when you, whether you're playing with Nikki or you're playing with Stanton Moore or... You know, whoever it is, whatever great drummer, everyone's got their own pulse that comes from their, from their heart. And it's a beautiful thing to, to, to synchronize hearts when you're playing music. So it is a
1: spiritual endeavor. Mike fucking Dylan, everybody. Thank you for listening. Shout out to the sponsor, SEM Tickets. We love y'all. We'll see you real soon. And I want to give one more big shout out to Ohio's own Sacred Harvest Music Festival. Octave Cat with Eli from dope pod Jesse from Lotus. Cheesecake with Hauser and Chucky Love. Bacano, Sub-T. We'll be there the last weekend of September and hope to see you there as well. Much love, y'all.